It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Michael K. Show podcast. Listen live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. Little interesting development today. You yes. know, it was reported by many, many um, places yesterday that Wink Martindale resigned. He mm. has not resigned. No. Unless he felt like the reports kind of resigned for him. There's, there's no letter of resignation. No. He has not supposedly told anybody Wait, that he has Didn't res- Pat Leonard report this? Many people did. Ian Rappaport reported it. Jordan Ronan essentially reported it when we had him on. He has not resigned. Huh? He has not officially resigned. Huh? That's weird, no? Unless, unless now Wink's playing a game because he wants to get paid. And he's like, y'all are going to fire me. I'm yeah, not resigning. You fire me. Now, the, the guys it. they fired are twin. Are not, they're, they're, tw- they're brothers, and they're like his right-hand man, men. And like when you, you take them out, you're, you're taking out the head of the fish, right? Right. So I think that what Dable did was he wanted him to resign, maybe. But, yeah. And maybe, maybe Wink told him to his face, you know, you can take this job and shove it, but he has not written any kind of resignation letter. So the Giants are kind of in limbo right now. Yeah, I don't know if there's you know a timeline. Is he taking them a while to write the resignation? Are they working on some sort of a buyout? It didn't take Belichick a long time. I resigned as the HC of the MYK. Right. Well, that was last time. This time it hasn't happened. But something obviously is being you know worked out here. Like when we had Jordan on yesterday, he said that one of the reasons why they didn't fire him is they want to have some control on where he goes. They don't want him going to Washington. So, but then you could play a game of chicken. Well, do you want me here or not? See, so if well, you don't want me, you're going to have to fire me, and then I could go wherever I want. Yeah, so they're probably just working out the, the, the I guess, the T's and C's, for lack of a better phrase, on how this departure is going to work. See, I never understood, though, you don't want him to, if you think he's not good, what does it matter if he goes and coaches Washington? Well, you know how they hold their secrets so dear. Right. right, signing guys that were let go by another team to pump them for information on the upcoming game. So, I don't know. They probably don't want him in the division. They'd like to have maybe some say where he goes. Washington's cleaning house. He can go to the commanders. Do you want to face him twice a year? Even though you don't want him to be your defensive coordinator, he kind of knows where the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're probably working something out, both finances and, all right, listen, we'll let you go, um, and, but and, and we'll pay you a certain amount of money, but we don't want you to go to the NFC East. I, I don't know. Something that they could probably... That, that's probably what it is. I, I would think it'd probably be official sometime later today or tomorrow. Well, we shall see. Also rumors that if the defensive coordinator position is open, they would be interested in bringing Antonio Pierce aboard mm-hmm. if Pierce doesn't get the Raiders' head job. I don't know why he wouldn't. Why wouldn't he stay with the Raiders? The players loved him. Did a pretty decent job there after he took over. Why would they go someplace else unless they have something else in mind do they want Harbaugh do they want uh, Belichick but if it not those two didn't he do a, a decent enough job you would think so but maybe maybe uh, Mark Davis wants to go big game hunting maybe he does want to make, take a shot at Harbaugh maybe he does want Belichick no. maybe he wants Vrabel I mean Vrabel I think to me 
is is probably the second coach out there that you're going to go after. It's after interesting. I always liked the him. Now, the record over the last couple of years hasn't been good. I don't know, really. One and nine in this division. Know, uh, that's tough, especially that division. But I, I like him as a coach. I think he's going to land on his feet. He's one of the guys that's kind of weird off the Belichick tree, right? Because he wasn't a coach there. He, he played was a player, there. right? But the record kind of speaks for itself. But I like him. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six is the number. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave. Hey, what's up? Thanks, guys. I wanted to run this past you. I think both teams are in crisis mode. Obviously, the Jets are in crisis mode because I really do believe that somewhere between now and the end of his career with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is going to say something and the team's going to have to address it and it's going to be a distraction. Agreed. But with the Giants, I think I think it's like I think there's some there's a problem with the Giants organization under Dayball, and here's and here's where what it is. You have not one, not two, but potentially a third coach. The third coach who has an enormous wealth of experience, more than you, walking away from the situation, that's more than people not liking you. That's people who don't respect the culture you're trying to build with an organization. And you're going to lose players behind that. And and now this team without a franchise quarterback, the Giants seem, I don't even think, I mean, I'm throwing this out there, I don't think the Giants sniffed the playoffs for five years. I disagree. I mean, why, am I wrong? Is why five? Red? Well, because if, if they have a bad year, uh, you could fire Dable. Uh, if they have another bad year, okay. you might be able to find the quarterback. I'm sorry. You saw what the Texans did. They got the quarterback right. They go from one of the worst teams in football to the playoffs. So I don't think anything takes five years unless you're not good at what you do. And if it's a Dable issue, I don't think he's going to be here beyond next year. If, if they fall flat on their face again, guys, I think he's probably out so, of the job. So, D- Dave, how did, they, how did they make the playoffs last stays- year? How did they make the playoffs last year? Look, they, it, it, it's very simple, and I know this is going to sound like um, being a fanatic here. When you look at how the Giants got into the playoffs last year, they squeaked by in games, and they won They won games by very, very thin margins. Okay. The well, they caught breaks. I'm with year. you. I'm with you there, Dave. But, but they all caught. You know, so? so when they win the playoffs, so they blew out the Vikings. They did. They blew out the Vikings. And, and the Vikings... And wasn't just all the sports prognosticators, but the Vikings were so ripe for the picking. Almost anyone could have. Well, so there's the nothing, Vikings nothing, that Dave, that, that he could. I mean, nothing he could have done convinced you that he did a good job last year. So he got lucky no, in close games, an and then you that Vikings no, no, got no, no, more no. ripe. No, 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 no. So let me let me just back up, and I don't want to take up everybody's time here. I know there are other callers. He did a great job last year. He's not a bad coach, but something went very wrong this year to have not one, not two, but three coaches basically turn their back on you. Now, maybe well, what the, were the two coaches, of them got fired and deserved to get fired. McCoy got fired. He, yeah, he but, fired two assistant coaches, and we're, we're hearing that Wink Martindale. But no. I, I got to say one thing. What, NFL coaches are out of their minds. You think it's warm and cuddly behind closed doors? I mean, really? Oh, no, but I, like I told you, I'd like to get behind what the situation is with him and, and Wink, because I don't think the Giants are in a better place that Wink's going to walk. I think I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I want to find out what's going on there. But to support Dable, while they supposedly hated each other, they played some of their best football down the stretch. Yeah. So forget about last year. Last year happened. We could talk about it. I even s- suggested that it was kind of fugazi what happened last year. But after embarrassing themselves... 
They almost beat the Rams, who everybody says they don't want to play in the playoffs. Beat the Packers, who were in the playoffs. Beat the Eagles, who were in the playoffs. Played some of their best football defensively at the end of the year. So doesn't that support that Dable, the issues between Dable and Wink didn't affect them on the field? They actually played better once that story came out. The only thing I'm concerned about with, with Martin, because they're not going to hire some hack to be the defensive coordinator. Wink is very, very respected. But the players love Wink on the defensive side. How is that going to affect them? That worries me a little bit. But, I, I mean, coaches are going to coach, man. That's what they do. They yell at people. You know, well, Bill Belichick uh, but, probably yells at uh, his son. But we, we're, we're, but we're assuming it had anything to do with the yelling. I mean, it sounds like it's something philosophical. Does Wink look like somebody that would have a problem being yelled at? I mean, he's been around right. the league a long time. I think well, it goes beyond that. you can't get on Dable. Oh, that's his philosophy. Well, but but I, something there's something going on there that I'd like to get to the bottom of. But I don't I don't know if it's because of him screaming at Daniel Jones or screaming at coaches behind closed doors. the The quote was he wore thin on people in that room. There could be a lot of reasons why. Let's go to uh, Andrew in Medford. Andrew. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, hey guys. Hey Don, Michael, Peter. Happy New Year, by the way. Same to you, you man. Um, I want to start with the Yankees. No one has talked about the New York Yankees so far today. Uh, well, um, and why would we? Hey, easy now. Sorry. But uh, listen, um, being that the Yankees were in on Yamamoto, they were going to spend about $300 million. Mm-hmm. And being they haven't spent a dime yet in uh, free agency. I hate when you people say that, Andrew. They picked up uh, Juan Soto. Who made no, thirty-two no, no. million? You can't. But, but you can't. Uh, I can't stand that narrative. They have. It's like they're cheap. They're not cheap. They picked up no, Juan Soto. I get it. Listen, I'm all for the Juan Soto trade. That it was great. But obviously, the Yankees aren't done yet, right? They need a. They, they need. They started. are not done. They, right. They need an ace to match up with Cole. So, being, I know they made the big trade for, for him, you know. But being, they got money to spend. I should say. Mm-hmm. I think they should go after Blake Snell. It would be good to pair up with Cole. And what about a trade for like an Edward Cabrera? You're not going to give up the house, I don't think, for Edward Cabrera. Well, and, well let, let me let me go back at you. I, I'd like to get your opinion on this, Andrew, with Snell. Okay. So yeah, Snell sure. has, has won two Cy Young Awards, right? Yeah. Do you know that the four years in between the two Cy Young Awards, he has an ERA of five? He so also I, is a five-inning pitcher. I don't think in his career he's ever gotten a 23rd out of a game, ever. So you want to give him over $200 million? I mean, we, we all saw the warts with Rodon. Now, Snell, four bad years before this Cy Young Award, which he was amazing last year, but are you willing to give him a five- or six-year deal? That's my question. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. But are you knowing those numbers? Well, the Yankee bullpen has to come into factor now because they need to get back on their feet again as the strong bullpen they were, and they're getting there again. I think with a good bullpen, that could kind of pick up for Snell there. I yeah, think. but 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 Andrew, they, they've got to already pick up for Schmidt. They've got to pick up for um, um, Nestor Cortez. The only guy who gives you seven innings every time he goes out is Cole. So if you're going to ask the bullpen four out of five days to get 12 outs a day, you are going to stretch it to its limits. Now, they might turn towards Snell, but I just want you to say that's not a perfect player. Four years of a 5-0 ERA between two great Cy Young years, and he's a five-inning pitcher. So is a five-inning pitcher really your second pitcher in the rotation? We'll see. We'll see. Um, Paul in Rochester. 
Hey, guys, thank you for taking my call. Talking about the Yankees, quick question, Michael. Cashman says that the Yankees have the biggest scouting department in baseball. How come the Yankees haven't had a Latin American hit come out of the scouting department since Mariano Rivera? I have no idea. You look around the league and the Latin American talent and all-stars. Well, Dominguez could end up being a star. Dominguez, and and we haven't gotten anybody from Latin America since Mariano. Well, how about Luis Severino? Luis Severino, has he, has he won the World Series? Well, they, the team hasn't won a World Series in 14 years, so what does that mean? Well, I don't understand the implication. They, they've had lots of Latin players. They haven't. You're saying they, they're they whiffing on players, but specifically whiffing on Latin players? Yes, we haven't had a star since Bernie Williams. I mean, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada. We haven't had anybody well, come Robinson in. Robinson Cano is really good. Yeah, how about Robinson Cano? And, Robinson Cano was traded. So oh, well, no, 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 no. That's not what you said, Paul. You said they have not produced a star Latin American player. Robinson Cano, okay. they produced to the point that he got $25 million a year from the from As Seattle. A star. He's a star. A... Now, that's before he fell off the wagon with the steroids. He's a star. Okay, okay. That's not a star. Falling off the wagon. No, what do you you're mean? Wrong. He was you're star. wrong. So, so Alex Rodriguez, was Alex Rodriguez a star? Now he didn't produce. Yeah. I'm at, he was the star. He fell off the wagon. Got suspended for a year. So that that doesn't your, your points don't make sense, Paul. You come in with a narrative and you have nothing to back it up by. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I, there's been plenty of stars that, that came from you know Melky Cabrera, Robinson Cano. Well, Melky Cabrera won a batting title. I, they I, took it away from uh, him. Uh, well, the, now, but then he starts disclaimering everything. Well, they didn't win a World Series. Well, they were steroid guys. Your original point was they haven't produced any Latin American stars. Michael rattled off five of them, well, and then you started coming, like, disclaimering them all. Including including one who's, who hopefully we'll, we'll see next year, who looks like he could be a massive star who just came out of their system. So, I don't quite understand. They've whiffed on a lot of things, uh, regardless of the uh, background of the players. They have not found star player with the with the couple of exceptions, Aaron Judge. They have not found the same amount of stars. Period. The last few years, that's part of the problem. Let's go to Justin in Massapequa. Um, I, I want to talk to my friend Peter. Okay. Oh, hey, buddy. How are you? And good. How are you? I'm very good, man. What's going on? Uh, and I remember I met you at the Coliseum. I don't know if you remember that. And I just want to say, as you know, I'm a Cowboy fan, yep. so I'm sorry about your Redskins. <laughs> Commanders, yeah, yes. don't worry. <laughs> Commanders. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, for another, another baseball thing, I, I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm really excited about Juan Soto and um, the season this year. And I really think that um, the upset of the week is going to be Steelers beat the Bills because Hmm. I feel like the Bills barely beat the Dolphins by the score. And um, I... And I... Well, listen, I, listen, Justin, I appreciate the call, buddy. Um, first of all, remember you well. Second of all, uh, hate the Cowboys. Third of all, you know, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. First of all, horrible news for Pittsburgh today. TJ Watts ruled out. That's, yep. not, that's not what you want. However, I think we would all agree. And they're not starting little hands. 
So they're not starting with little hands? No. But if you look up and down the docket of games this week, are the Bills a team that you would see ripe to get picked off? No. Dom would say no because of how they've been playing recently. And I hear you. But would you be would you possibly be shocked if if somehow Tomlin well, comes no. up with something and they beat them? It's an ugly I, game and I, they win. I would be. I, I here's the here's. I don't here's know who the Bills are. I don't know what Josh Allen is because Josh Allen go out and throw four hundred yards and they throw three picks in the red zone and they lose the game. Now that's Correct. that's the thing for me. I, I don't I don't think that Pittsburgh's in the same class with Buffalo. No, they're not. That game is in Buffalo, and I think the Bills the Bills should have killed Miami when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, you know what? Threw four times in the red zone and only seven points. Well, I mean, but, Tua did nothing all but, day. But Josh Allen is is the X factor. If he he can screw this up. But if he doesn't, I don't give the Bills, you I don't know, give the Steelers much of a chance spe- in that game. Speaking of quarterbacks, I, I want to bring something back that we haven't brought up very often. What is that? And, and I'm going to stand on this, and I'm sure people will make fun. Is this of me. a soapbox you're going to stand? Yeah, on? I know. I know. Ballard used to make fun of me for this, and I'm going to bring bring it back and stick with it. I would have went with Derek Carr. God, I would have went with Derek Carr. Gone. God, let him go. I would have gone. I know, but you know what? That, but that's a phrase. I would have went with is right. a phrase. Yeah, it's an incorrect phrase. But go oh, well, on. I'm, I'm sorry. But he's I'll not, live with it. He's I'm not, sorry. It. He's not Lincoln. He's a fan making a statement, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Don. I'm not Lincoln. <laughs> I would have gone. It's not the Gettysburg Address. I, I would have gone with Derek Carr. And was Derek Carr's season absolutely sexy? No, but he threw so for, If you were the Jets, you would Yes. Gone. Okay. Four, nearly 4,000 yards, something like 25 <laughs> touchdowns, eight picks, something like that. He, he, he led the Saints to a winning record, and you would have gotten a full 17 games out of him, potentially, as he gave New Orleans. You wouldn't be thinking about what are we next year. Now, listen, the ceiling, I get it, is higher with Aaron Rodgers. Do I believe Derek Carr? Because here's the thing. People like, and I'm not saying Ballard still feels this way, but people like him at the time will laugh in your face and go, go is Derek Carr really a Super Bowl winning quarterback? To which, to which I respond, did you ever see Jared Goff going to a Super Bowl? Did you know that Stafford was going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? You don't know who these guys are until they get on a great team with Super Bowl talent. Is he a guy who's going to will you to a Super Bowl on his own? I don't know. But I ask you guys right now, if you had to choose between being the spot the Jets are in right now, where next year they will be on the hook with Aaron Rodgers and deal with all of this, or have gotten a full season from Derek Carr heading into year two with him, where would you rather well, be? Well, it's it's a little bit of an unfair question. Go ahead. Because, you know, knowing that he gave you four plays, and then you know what happens after four play. Hello. They got that, too. Um, and then the, the, the nonsense that he consistently spews, my answer would be I'd rather have Carr. But before the injury and before we knew he was going to be, Don told us he was going to be really, really uneventful. And Don was, was right good, for a while. Good right. for a while. Now for the re- for the re- I, I I would have taken Rodgers I guess over him. So but for the record But now I would take Carr. Well for the record when I brought this up prior to them signing and I said on this show I would have went with Carr. It's not cuz for a second I thought Derek Carr was in the class of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It's because everything that happened I knew was on the table. 40-year-old guy coming off of not physically being the exact same. He had the hand issues. He didn't perform great uh, at the end of the season last year in Green Bay. Oh, I, I was sick of the nonsense he'd been doing with McAfee already for a year, two years. These were all factors we knew about. And it just turned out you got the worst case version of it. You got four snaps and nothing but nonsense. And now next year, you're being completely held hostage by 
this theoretical quarterback who you really don't know if he's ever going to be your dude. Right. He's, he's a year away from not playing, coming off a major injury. And the spotlight is always on. He's always on. It's not just football with him. No. Because there's no bigger star in the world than Tom Brady. None. Mm-hmm. And when he was playing football, it was all about football. Even even the benign interview that he did on Monday Night Football all the time with Jim Gray, what did he ever say? Nothing. Nothing. Now, and, and what can you tell me about now, What has fa- Derek Carr said this year? Nothing. I still believe that if he didn't get hurt, this would never have happened. What, that he would have never said anything? He, he would have never anything. revisited Fauci or vaccine? No. Never? Really? I because they would have football to talk about. Let's face oh, it, it's he an had to hour, go on every single week. An hour. It's an with hour. With no football to talk about. So he, 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 I, I, listen, he, he wants said, to he do it. He went out of his way to say all the right things, and then when he was done for the year and he wasn't going to play, I could be wrong, but you saw how he tried so hard to do and say all of the right things. And it wasn't until the season was pretty much over. This is the worst of it. And it came after the day the Jets were eliminated. He wasn't going to play again. And then it finally came out. And I agree. If something happened to him next year and he didn't play, it could happen again. But if he plays every game and the Jets are relevant, then all the conversations on McAfee are going to be how good the team is. And but you, but, the but, next, but, the your, next but your if is a spliff. No, no listen. You're, right now, the evidence points to that I would be wrong. But I still believe that he would keep it about football if he if he was playing. I, I wish that I could totally back up. I can't say you're wrong because it's an opinion. Right. I don't think he could help himself. I don't think he can either. But he he, he helped himself for a while. Yeah, because but that's everybody. He was at, but that's he was everybody. At, I mean, that's how we are all at the beginning of relationships. And then, you know, we fart but and you, stuff but, like that. But, but, but right. after you get comfortable, yeah. you, you return right. to what you are. Yeah, you, but, know, but you, know, he, you know the guy who, who says he, he's, he's finally stopped cheating? But, In this relationship, but it's was different. It, was right. it, then was he gets it, bored. Did he do it out of the comfort of being a Jet? Or did he do it out of the fact that there was nothing left to talk about because he wasn't playing? I... I I'll answer for you. I think it was comfort. I think at first, like Michael said, it was a new relationship. I'm going to wear a nice shirt every time I go out. I'm going to. I'm going to really. I'm, I'm ironing my clothes. I'm ready to go. Right. And then a few months later, all of a sudden, you're wearing the same raggedy T-shirt. You're not buying deodorant. You're a mess. I think that's kind of where we landed here. And I get it's easy to say a car would be better, but I, I said it at the time. It, 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 they, they took a huge swing, but they never calculated, well, and we know that with the backup quarterback situation, guys, they didn't calculate right. the risk. But, they only looked at the upside. But Sometimes I, you go with the reliable car that starts every single day. Miles Met Jets fan makes a good point, and I, and I remember this too. The plan was Rodgers was only going to do 10 minutes on McAfee, and then the injury happened, and then it ended up being a normal but hour. But that can't if be he was, true. He did an hour last year with the Packers. But I think the plan going into this year was that, you know, he because he's, he's they new. They weren't the, paying him a million dollars to do a 10-minute hit. No way. But they, 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 I'm they, sorry, Isles, Mets, Jets fan. I, I, I'm with him. I, I could be wrong, but I'm going to stand by my point. Um, by the way, Anthony Greek backs you up, our producer on Yes. Hmm. Uh, Derek Carr, NFL high, 14 TD passes over the past five games. He, he was very good down the stretch, and guess what? You'd know exactly who the team was this past year, and you'd know who they were being next year. All right, how did yesterday's poor performance hurt Michael Penix Jr.? We'll talk to Mel Kuyper Jr. in just a second about Jr. Jr. will talk about Jr. Oh. But first, Don's going to tell us about pain. Friends, go see Dr. Jay Shaw. He's a double-board certified pain specialist. Don't let your neck, back, joint, or nerve pain slow you down from doing all the things that you love. It is time to reclaim your active lifestyle. Call our friend Dr. Jay Shaw today at Samuel Payne. Dr. Jay 
Jay Shaw treats joint, neck, back, sciatica, and nerve pain. Dr. Shaw is also a migraine and headache specialist. Procedures involve no cuts, scars, incisions, or downtime. Call Dr. Jay Shaw to take a non-surgical approach with precise image-guided procedures without pain medications. Enjoy life pain-free. Same day and next day appointments available. Go to samwellpain.com. Put an end to your pain and suffering today. Why wait any longer? Make your appointment with Dr. Jay Shaw. Go to samwellpain.com. Regain your active lifestyle. Enjoy all of your favorite activities pain-free. Samwell Payne now has three convenient locations in Woodbridge, Livingston, and a brand new office in Inglewood to serve Bergen County. Visit samwellpain.com. You will wish you met Dr. Shaw sooner. Most major insurance are accepted. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy, hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about the national championship game. Michael Penix did not perform the way a lot of people thought he would. Um, didn't light it up, but, you know, what does it matter what we say? The guy we respect is on with us now, Mel Kuyper Jr. Oh, yeah. Mel, it's Michael, Don, and Peter. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on. How you doing? Happy New Year, guys. Great to be with you. Draft season begins today, I guess. I guess it does. So let me ask you a broad question. <laughs> did Penix hurt himself um, where he, get, he gets picked by that performance last night? Well, it certainly didn't help. And uh, you look back at the history of that final game, what it's meant to quarterbacks and how, like, a Vince Young moved up to the third spot overall. So you wanted to see a better performance, but you didn't. But you have to go back to that Texas game in the semifinals where he looked like a top-five pick and was doing everything you wanted a quarterback to do in the pocket. I mean, he got, they had two defensive tackles. They're going to be high picks in the NFL draft and, and Sweat and then Murphy. And look what was able to happen there. The guy played, played great football. He was lights out. And then it just didn't work out last night. He couldn't get in a rhythm, and that was because 
because of that inside pressure. Now, last night, he didn't deal with that well. Graham and, and Grant, the two sophomores from Michigan, did a heck of a job. And really, he was just off. He was like a pitcher, just didn't have his good stuff last night. They couldn't, you would have thought at one point in time, in the third quarter or fourth quarter, he was going to regain it. it was gonna, the light was going to go on. He was going to start hitting those receivers. They were going to make a play to tie that game, and it just never happened. Odunze was open, and he missed them. And they were not on the same page, and his accuracy is his, really his overall uh, just ball placement, even on the pass to Polk, where it was, it was uh, broken up, should have been more outside than inside. So it was just a, a poor performance all the way around. But it's one game. You can't kill him for one game. And I'll still have him probably going into next week somewhere in the middle of the first round. Because yeah, I, I see, Mel, because we were trying to determine how much of an effect that game would be. I've seen so much movement with prospects after the season is over. Combines, uh, all the things that happen during the course of the offseason. Do general managers value that more than the actual games? No, they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. And I think pro days are the joke of the century. Right. Why they even have, I understand having them. Why the guys go and they already made their mind up. The pro days aren't going to sway you. I mean, if it does, uh, you should look for another occupation. Uh, really, pro days, uh, you know, me and, and the combine, what they throw there, uh, all these things, what do they really mean? Uh, and, and, and to determine a quarterback's uh, ability to play in the National Football League. So to answer your question, I think how they perform. You have to go back to last year and this year. You have two bo- years of body of work for, for Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. I would even go back to Indiana where he carried that team on his shoulders. I mean, that's, a, that's something you have to look at. It doesn't matter for the, the quarterbacks at the big schools, but when you, the powerhouses. But when you look at a, a guy like Josh Allen at Wyoming, when he missed a couple games, they lost the bad teams. He comes back to the bowl game, they win. You know, Will Levis at Kentucky, when he was out, they were a different team. This team was a different team at Indiana when, when Penix Jr. was in there. They were 12-5. and five. They upset some really good teams. They almost beat Ohio State as a 20-point underdog, beat Michigan, beat uh, Penn State that year as underdog. So again, yeah, that meant a lot to me in the evaluation up till now for what he did at Indiana. Granted, the injuries are a big factor. Medical people have to look at that and make their determination. But overall, uh, his two years at Washington, in addition to those years at Indiana, were pretty impressive. Hi, Mel. Am I going overboard saying, okay, watching J.J. McCarthy is on a, a real good team for him, but that's not really an NFL quarterback, especially a starter? You know, it's hard for me to evaluate. I haven't seen that WoW game. I'm with you. I haven't seen that. He's talented. Uh, you know, he's a tough, competitive kid. Uh, Jim Harbaugh loves him for a reason. Uh, he gives you everything he has out there. I mean, he doesn't have the one thing got to defend him on, guys. He does not have anything close to a number one wide receiver. True big-time number one receiver. That's the one area Jim didn't recruit as well as, say, other programs like Ohio State, Washington, and others. Uh, they don't have a Marvin Harrison Jr. and even a Mecca Labuka or a, you know, Chris Olave, Carrot Wilson, or Romo Dunze and Polk and McMillan, all the ones that Washington has. No, he doesn't have that. So uh, that's in the last night. The tight end, Loveland, let him down on a big third down pass. He put right on the money, was dropped, broken up, but should have caught it. Uh, Chornelius Johnson hit him in stride, dropped the ball. So when he did throw. A couple of throws were, were, were dropped and, and he did misfire, but overall I think McCarthy, the body of work for him is solid. He's won a lot of games. He's done what they've asked him to do. He hasn't thrown many interceptions at all. He stays away from that completely, outside the ones we remember the two pick sixes against TCU in the semifinal last year, uh, but they have never asked him to carry that team. It's been the offensive line and the running game. So I think he's the toughest quarterback to really figure out whether you like, you don't like just because he hasn't been asked to do enough but he's probably, guys, going to be a border line first round pick I would say more right now second round for him do you see the Giants having a quarterback there for them at six 
Well, it's not going to be Caleb Williams, because I would say right now I'd take him. Though I, I said this today. I went back and forth, guys, all month on this. One day I'm thinking keep Justin, then Caleb, Justin, Caleb. But I'm to take Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields right now if I'm Chicago. So Caleb goes one, Justin Fields gets traded. Mm. I think a perfect spot would be Atlanta, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Washington takes a quarterback, whether it's Drake May or Jaden Daniels. New England takes a quarterback that's left at three. So the top guys are gone. Then you get to the fourth and fifth quarterbacks which are Michael Penix Jr. and J.J. McCarthy, and that's certainly too high to take one of those two at this point. Had Penix Jr. played lights out last night like it against Texas, he would have been in that discussion. But I don't want to say one game's going to determine that, but one game can determine whether you are a top-10 pick or a pick between, say, 15 and 32. So, Caleb, to you, after much deliberation, Mel, he's your, he's your number one. Yes, I went back actually last night late because I knew I was going to be talking about this this morning with Get Up and everything. Today was going to be that, the podcast we did, the first draft podcast, everything. It was going to be a big topic. And I went back to, to two years ago. He was phenomenal. And actually, this year he had a better completion percentage. Now, he didn't have Jordan Addison this year. He had him last year. So you look at, at, at what Caleb Williams was able to do in that two-year period. 93 touchdowns he was responsible for. That includes the rushing touchdowns. And just, what, 10 picks. So it feels like, well, Justin Fields did the same thing. I get all that. Not to the level Caleb did is those numbers aren't as good. The completion percentage is basically the same. But the way he did it, the, the, everything he does within the pocket, the instincts, the awareness in the pocket, the throws, he's such a great passer, great arm talent, um, you know, all different angles he can throw from. So I think the Mahomes are, the comparisons are always an exaggeration. I hate comps for that reason. But uh, yeah, I think Caleb Williams now to reset the clock. And my thing today is, guys, if it's a push. If you're up in the air on who you should take, it's a super close. You're splitting hairs between Fields and Williams. You take Williams because you have to reset that clock or commit to a lot of money to Justin Fields. And also, think about this. They say it's an unknown. Well, you got to go with the known. Justin Fields is a known. Caleb's the unknown. Well, to me, Justin Fields is still an unknown as to whether he can be a true mm. franchise quarterback, a top five quarterback. We don't know that right now. All right. Uh, this, this might be a silly question, but I know they evaluate everything, Mel. The fact that Caleb you know, went into the stands and was crying with his mom uh, and the fact he decided not to play in the in the ball game, does that impact the way teams look at him? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a lot of factors that go into it based on how he played in the Notre Dame game, I think is more important. The Notre Dame game is the game you go about what happened there, and I've watched that. And then thereafter, even the Arizona game before that would be something to look at. I think in Caleb, I watched him play high school football. I'd be like, Wes, he played right here in my backyard. I mean, at Gonzaga. So watch him play high school football, uh, impressed with him all the way through the process. Everything he did at Oklahoma and USC speaks for itself. So no, everybody, I remember Miles Garrity had interest in dinosaurs and different things. You can't take him number one. He's not, he's, not, he's not all football. And I said, hey, I was arguing. I remember arguing with the guys on the set about that before the big can go back and then re, rewatch that. It was like, I'm thinking, what are you guys, what are we missing? Why can't you be well-rounded? Why can't you be a little different? You don't have to you know, be according to the way somebody says you should be. So as long as he plays great football and the players love him and they galvanize around him, uh, that's what the case is with Caleb, then I think you, you reset that clock if it's a push. Now, if you think Justin Fields is so much better and is good, you, you have really – you're – have strong conviction that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Everything screams that within that building. Then I agree. You, you stay with Justin and you move on and and uh, and, uh, and trade that pick and get all his picks in return. You don't have a two because of the Montez sweat trade. Hey, if you feel that strongly, fine. But I don't think they could feel that strongly. 
And for that reason, I would reset the clock, as Mike Tannenbaum has suggested, and go with Caleb Williams. Is, so you, you seem to think Caleb is a, is a can't-miss. Is there another can't-miss quarterback in this draft, in your eyes, Mel? Well, I thought, Tre- I thought Trevor Lawrence was generational, and Trevor hasn't been that generational yet, but he's, he's got a chance to be, but he hasn't done it yet. So uh, Caleb could be great, but it, you know, it depends on how he's handled. Uh, but certainly I think you know, he, he's the guy. He's the number one quarterback. I don't, people say there's a debate between he and Drake May. Well, maybe could have been, guys. Had Drake May played better himself you know, against Virginia, uh, you know, in North Carolina State, uh, just his ball placement, his accuracy was not good in those games. He, made, he should have been making throws. He didn't. Now, he lost his two top receivers to the NFL. Tez Walker wasn't ready, even you know, allowed to play until midseason. He didn't have his coordinator from last year. A new coordinator came in. So you can excuse away some things, but I can't excuse away those two games. So had May played better, he may have challenged Caleb Williams. So for right now, the second quarterback is either going to be Drake May, who has to hold off now, Jaden Daniels, who was red hot all year and is the consummate dual-threat quarterback. Are the Cardinals doing the right thing sticking with Murray? I think they are. I think that's another call that they're going to have to make. And Arizona has the fourth pick, and you get Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, who was a heck of a quarterback early on, and of course the injury. But uh, I think you go forward with Kyler. I, I bring Marvin Harrison Jr. in to give him that the number one go-to guy and uh, move on from there. I, I think the top three quarter uh, spots are going to be quarterbacks. One, two, three. And like I said, once that happens, Arizona takes the uh, arguably guys, the, the best player, certainly the second best player in this draft, which is Marvin Harrison Jr. Alright, so the Giants picking at six need an offensive lineman. The two top guys are the one uh, in Penn State and the other guy in Notre Dame. Who do you like? Olu Fashionu uh, is a talented athlete. And I think you look at what Joe Alt did, his father John, obviously the bloodlines there, scouted him coming out as well. So uh, they're both worthy of being top ten picks. There's no question about that. Uh, I think the only thing you have to factor in there is what's the difference between those two tackles? And it's still a lot of work to be done in this draft process to say we're going to finally – we have nobody's finalized grades yet. But the wide receivers guys are so good. Romo Dunze, you saw him last night. You saw Malik Neighbors at LSU with Jay. Jaden Daniels. The other receiver, Brian Thomas Jr., is a great player as well. Keon Coleman, Florida State. So there's a lot of receivers. Brock Bowers, have you mentioned that? Brock Bowers, a tight end from Georgia. So there's a lot of those receivers and pass receiving options like Bowers, who's that move them all around the field and, and he'll, he'll catch the ball and he'll do great things after the catch as well So and he'll block so I think Bowers, Odunze Neighbors, uh, Thomas, there's going to be some really good pass catching options that are available right around that point. And with the Giants having two second-round picks, do you see any chance of them moving up, or do you think the prudent thing would be to stay there or maybe try to trade down and get more picks? Well, you have to see the, how these numbers. We don't have accurate, really, computer numbers, you know, measurables on a lot of these guys until the combine. So that'll be important to see how these guys all stack up and separate and how the depth is. And, and we also have to wait until January 19th, guys, to see since that COVID year, everybody's got extra years. Everybody's eligible, but also everybody can go back. So you have to wait until the final list comes out January 19th from the NFL to see actually who's in this draft. Then the combine is so important. So I think that's a question I can answer more so, guys, once you get past Mm -hmm. January 19th, and then we get past the Combine, and we're into March, and things settle down a bit, and you have a lot more information. So that will be determined a lot by, I think, depth of positions, and also free agency and that, but I would say right now, if you look at where they're picking, I think it would be certainly uh, a pass-receiving entity or one of those two tackles. The legend Mel Kuyper Jr. is our guest.
before I let you go, let's turn the clock back a bit. Are you surprised at the way Bryce Young performed this year? And would you label him a bust? No, I think that offensive line, he was sacked more than any quarterback. I think the one positive, guys, you know, remember, they did beat C.J. He won the same field. He beat C.J. Stroud, which Ken O'Brien and Dan Marino, we go back to that whole thing, doesn't mean a lot, right? But at the end of the day, he did win that game against Stroud. On that field, that day, he looked pretty good. Uh, you know, he did more than Stroud did. So uh, it doesn't mean anything. Stroud ended up having a great year and is certainly going to be rookie of the year. But I think when you look at Bryce, the, the big question was, guys, 5'10", 185, 190, 195, whatever he weighs, he's small, right? Could he hold up? Would he be able to withstand punishment? He did. He got sacked more than anybody and he took hit after hit after hit and he got through the year somehow, some way. I don't know how it happened, but he did. So to me, to answer that question about his ability to hold up at his size, uh, it gives you hope. And then just getting better players. They got to get that line straightened out or he will not survive another year. It's amazing he got through this year. So I, I don't think with the, support, the, the terrible supporting cast he had, uh, you know, I guess said Bryce Young just to survive is enough and nobody should label him a bust because he certainly there's nobody nobody behind that line could have done well this year if you take Stroud and put him behind that line it would have been the same result I don't think much would have changed at all and final thing if you're the Giants are you riding and dying with Daniel Jones is he the quarterback moving forward or is it just one year and they look for somebody I remember, guys, I came on this show after the Tampa Bay game, I think, you know, a while ago. Remember that Tampa Bay yeah, game? He yep. said, is he the guy? And I said, I, I think he is. I'm a, I like Daniel Jones. I always have. Uh, I defended the pick. I, I like Daniel Jones as a quarterback. I think it's unfair what happened this year uh, to say all of a sudden, we're looking, looking back at we're going to forget what happened last year when it took him to the playoffs. Um, is he worth that kind of money? That's the way it is. That's just the nature of the NFL, and you've got to pay these guys. That's what the Bears were thinking about with Justin Fields, the same type of thing. So, But I do think Daniel Jones, if you give it, you give him help, just like all quarterbacks, he has shown, and the players obviously see his toughness. Yeah, I think you see that. That's what's respected in that locker room. His smarts, his intelligence, everybody likes him. Eli, every, yeah, there's not a lot not to like, but he needs help. And, uh, and of course, that resulted in the injury. But at the end of the day, yes, I'm a Daniel Jones fan. Good stuff, Mel. I know there's a busy time for you. Thanks for carving out some time for us. Anytime, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank uh, you. Be well. Mel Kuyper Jr. So uh, he ramps up his uh, his appearances for sure. And uh, always interesting. And nobody knows this topic better than Mel. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. I'm glad that Mel said that that one game can affect it. I mean, if he had a great game yesterday against a really good huh. Michigan team, he probably's in the top it, five. It sounded more to me that if he had a great game, it might move him up. It really just depends on your conviction on him. Are you really going to let one game change your opinion if you were like you believe this guy's the the real deal? Kind of the way a Corsi, you loved Eli based on what he saw at Ole Miss. I, you're you're in love with him. You, you love the, what he did with Washington. Uh, Peter gave the stats of what he was you know, against top twenty five teams. He had great games against Oregon, Oregon State, Utah. All right, he had a bad game in the national championship game. Didn't have much of a running game. The whole team didn't play particularly well offensively. Is that one game enough? I, I don't think it should be. Yeah, but you would have to say that as good as he has been, one of the big question marks has been his health. He has two bad See, knees. Yeah, that. And then then you throw on. I mean, that's got to be a question when you evaluate him. If he's a top five player, and he's going to be twenty three years old, by the way. And then a game like this, a stinker in a high-profile well, game, has got to move him down a little bit. Yeah, but I, I, I just, I don't know how I felt about him. I didn't see enough of him to have any kind of conviction on him. But I just think it's unfair to judge one game. Is it just a bad game, or was he overcome by the crowd, by the national television, by what was at stake? I don't know. You know Vince Young killed it in the national championship game, and he moved up. Was that the right pick? Turned out to be an okay quarterback, not a great quarterback. Well, he, he wasn't what he was. In I that just say I gather though. as much information, Peter, as I can. That's why I didn't laugh at the Steelers or or, or, or people looking at um, Pickett's hand. I mean, you're you're investing so much. Jobs are on the line. You should look at everything, every game he played. Like Mel said, not just this year, last year. Go look at the combine. Look at everything, and then make your final judgment. So, would it be fair with all that information at hand? Ah, look, he played poorly in the championship game. How about the fact that, I don't know, I don't watch a lot of college football. When was the last time Washington played a national championship game, for God's sakes? This is not Ohio State. This isn't Alabama. And how many great quarterbacks played in national championship games and were great that you wouldn't even think of drafting? You wouldn't think of drafting high the quarterback for Michigan State, for God's sakes. And he won the game. No, Michigan. Michigan, excuse me. No, I wouldn't draft him in the first round. Um, Talk about a guy who's living the life. During the game, they show one of the suites. In the suite was Michael uh-huh. Jordan, yeah. Derek Jeter, mm-hmm. Travis Scott. Uh, Travis Scott. Um, um, one other one. It was one anyway, it was Stephen A. Smith. That's right. That's right, Michael. I was there. I mean, really, he's living the life. Living the life. But no offense, but who doesn't belong and why? Like the old, uh, oh. the old Imus thing. Who doesn't belong and why? No, I, honestly, I think Stephen belongs as much as anyone. No. Maybe more. No. He's. Who would you recognize? You wouldn't recognize Travis Scott. You'd recognize Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, but that's me because I work with the man. I love the man. Who's who's a more who's a more interesting? Well, I won't say it to Michael. Who's a more interesting conversation to bump into? Jeter or well, Stephen A. Well, that's a different conversation. But I'm just saying from sheer, um, you know, yeah, but nobody belongs in that 
suite with Jordan. Well, Jordan's Jordan. Right. Well, Jordan, Jordan, and Jeter's Jeter. But even Jeter's below Jordan. Jeter's below yes. Jordan, but they belong in the same suite. Different sides. Now, Travis makes sense there because it was in Houston, and he's a huge Houston guy. Right. And he's a Jordan brand guy. That's probably go. why Travis is there because all of his sneakers are, are Jordans. So maybe that's why Travis... What a weird combo. Why well, wasn't Aaron Judge there? He's a Jordan brand guy. He's not Travis, though. Travis sells a lot of sneakers. Like like Judge doesn't have a sneaker. Yeah, I think he does. No, he doesn't have a well, signature. I, I think he just signed with Jordan. Maybe he will have a signature yeah. sneaker at some point. Tiger doesn't have one anymore. No, he does not. But you know what? Tiger's going to be all right. You think so? Yeah. I think you know, it's a hell of a run. 27 years. 27 right? years. What are you going to do? Come good, on. Good, good run for everybody. Um, Come on. But I think you guys... Don, you're cl- too close to the Stephen A. of it all. I am too close. You remember, you remember when Stephen A. was doing our one o'clock was lower show. on the totem pole here at this radio station than you guys. Now he's the most famous person in sports media. Yeah, but it's still sports media compared to. But he was at the na- listen. He wasn't at this. Wasn't at the the, the White House Correspondents Dinner. It was the National Championship. The Natty. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, that was everywhere yesterday. Yeah, you were really right. You uh, nailed it. I'm always right. Well, yeah, I never heard the Natty until well, yesterday. I, I, well, the Penix said it last week or two weeks ago. Whenever they clinched to go, that's the first I heard. We're going to the Natty. Yes, I don't like it. You don't like it. No, the only time I've ever heard someone say the Natty is in a song from an artist who's from Cincinnati. And he said the Natty, but he's talking about Cincinnati. Well, what is the Natty National Championship? That's right. Yeah, like tourney. I dig Tournament. it. Tourney. Yeah. You yeah. like it? I dig it. No. I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. You at know all. what? Let's just be real too. That game stunk. I mean, no, I, I was engaged in it. I mean, I guess. I no, mean, once they. The good news is it ended before two a.m. It did end fast because well, it was nothing really happened. Well, the I second mean, uh, the it was first, like, first quarter took like. 20 minutes. And then and then late in the game, you think maybe it's going to get interesting, then the interception seals it. Now we can wrap this well, thing up well, and get out of here. I was in the car, because I had the Rangers. So I'm driving home. Bad it's performance it's by the 20, Rangers. Very bad. There's a lot there, Michael, to dissect at, at another day. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe today. 20-13. to 13. Once they made it 27 The 13. Rangers game? No. No. Stop I say, that sounds really But exciting. I'm in the car. I'm following it, doing the post game. We mm-hmm. had it on, because I had to throw to it. And I, I, like, I like a good throw. In radio, go ahead. It's like a good idea. It's like you feel proud. We can just say, now let's go to the national championship. <laughs> and you want to time it right, right? And you want to have the score. You want to have the time, if possible. And you nailed it. Now the the problem is the true throw is to go right to it. But we had a commercial, so oh, I didn't want to give it a throw. When we, you, you did a when we get back, right? We'll be joined. Return. Okay. We'll join the national championship game in Houston, Michigan, with a twenty to thirteen lead on Washington. So I'm engaged. But once Michigan made it twenty to twenty-seven, thirteen, I turned. I turned the chance. Now can I get, go off the beaten path for a second? I'm sure. driving home and I I flipped on the Ranger game. Sure you did. Sure. You want to hear Penny's Donnie Bucks? Really good. I've been saying it. I think he's better than his dad. He's, Who are you talking he, to? I, I'm not saying that. No, but right I'm away you it. have to take the extra job. Right, but he's really good doing but, hockey. But, but I'm saying you're telling the person that thinks he's better than his dad. So you're preaching to the choir. He's fantastic. He is fantastic hockey play by play. Yes. I mean, he's not you, but he's fantastic. no, he's not. No, yeah, you're right. He's I not love me. you. He's, on he's the better. Air. I'm nothing. No, that's he's not true. the man. I mean, he he, so he, he hired him. So, so real quick, just to be, uh, you know, not just to kiss the fanny of Kenny Albert. He's really good. Is hockey his best sport, Don? 
In my opinion, yes. He's at his best. You you yes. say yes. Yes. By far. Now, he's very good. Well, that's strong. He's he, he's he's a hockey savant. Right, but he's very good at everything that he does. But yeah, I think by is far. It's a, it's a different kind of fit, though, hockey. You know what I mean? It's, it's good for Kenny. His voice, his cadence, his, his rhythm is perfect. Well, he's, he was the original hire with Fox, so we were going on 30 years with Fox, yeah. right? So yeah. he's been there forever, believe it or not. Peter, when somebody throws a ball at you and you don't want to get hit, what do you do? Let me look. Hold on a second. <laughs> you, when someone throws a ball at you and you don't want, you dodge. You dodge the ball. Right. Yes! Hey, New York, Peter Rosenberg here for Security Dodge, Suffolk County's number one volume Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealer. Right now, you can come get some 0%. That's right, 0% for up to 60 months on all new 23 Jeep Compasses, plus up to 25% off MSRP on all new 23 Jeep Gladiators, all during the Start Something New sales event. You got to get in there and see Michelle Scalise or shop 24-7 at securitydodge.com. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoons starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.